Do you know someone who is reckless or careless? Maybe someone who brags that can't back it up. Are you willing to take shots at them? Then this is the show for you. Welcome to Cowboy Season. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the first ever Zoom version of Cowboy Season. And it's only the second episode. We are we're getting big here, man. Um, and I, I'm doing pretty well here. Cleve, how, how are you? I'm good, man. As I see, we're, we're both gray hoodie in it today. It's it's a, it's a slightly cold day, but it's 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 winter. It's really winter here for real this year. I mean, to be perfectly honest, this is better than what I had on prior to the cameras turning on. So I think this uh, this works out for you and the <laughs> listener and the viewer all at the same time. But so, yeah, it is cold. Um, so last week we did our first episode and per usual, I, I fucked it up. Um, <laughs> we had a little bit of technical issues on my part, which is hilarious because I have the professional looking mic here. And yet I had the uh, amateur sounding sound last week. So we have we've, we've touched that up a little bit. We made it a little bit better. So if you listened last week and you were uh, amused by that, well, you can take some shot at, at my expense. I, I was the cowboy of the week last week uh, <laughs> with it. So before we get into our topic, Cleve, usually we kind of just, you know, uh, shoot the shit about our weeks. But uh, you told me offline you wanted to uh, talk about something uh, before we get into the, the show. So uh, the floor is yours. Yeah, so um, today is February 22nd. Um, today would have been my father's would-be 72nd birthday. Uh, I lost him when he was about 56 years old to cancer, so fuck cancer. Um, he was my introduction to sports um, and pretty much fitness overall because, you know, as much as it, he preached a lot of what he wanted us to do, eventually he succumbed to something that probably was preventable, but um, in the in the grand scheme of things, you know, we don't go to the doctors until it's late. So anyone that's listening to on the side of my voice, go out and get checked. If, you, if you're over the age of 40, it is around that time that we start getting those type of health, health issues to pop up. So I want to say happy birthday, dad, and I miss you. And I hope you're partying with the angels, brother. I think I can get behind that, my friend. Um, you know, I, my parents are both alive uh, for, for now. My father is about that age. He's 73. Or he mm -hmm. just turned 73. And I lost uh, a grandparent to cancer a long time ago, like 20 years ago almost. And I was, I think, a little too young to really understand what was going on, but it still hit me hard. So, um, you know, obviously, I, I know your dad is probably rocking it up there, to be honest. I, <laughs> I, I, would, I would venture a guess that your dad has his own a gym. Uh, he's got a crop of fighters <laughs> and uh, they are taking on Satan's best. Uh, in the <laughs> ring and uh that, that's what i think so i'm glad you started off with that um and you talked about how your dad got you into athletics so um mm. for the listeners my show soulfully casual i actually did an episode that came out today about my um discovery of athletics uh, basically through running but you and i've talked a ton offline over the years about uh just different types of athletics different athletes and and we've shot the shoot the fat so many times over it but i wanted to show you something uh, to get into to this week's topic and it was sort of a it was sort of a big deal uh can you see that yeah I can see it yeah so greg camarillo i believe was a, a former nfl uh tight end i think i don't recognize the name but this thread was really interesting and it kind of talked about um you know the struggles that these these athletes have especially football players once they're mm -hmm. gone from the sport so i'll read the uh, the first clip 
just so the listeners have an idea because Cleve can see it in um, if you're watching you can see this thread but it says uh, football players struggle when our careers are over it's hard we've been football players for years it's what we do what we know and a big part of who we are and then it's gone a big part of our identity is lost um, and it goes on to talk about some other things and I'll sort of paraphrase but uh, football is the ultimate team sport we're taught to bury our problems and pains for the benefit of the team uh, we often reach a pinnacle at a young age our childhood dreams have come to fruition and then at around 30 we start over how will we ever achieve something this great again uh, and it also talks about the physical pain so I wanted to share that with you Cleve because uh, you as somebody who has played sports right mm -hmm. and football specifically um, you know we, we talk all the time about uh, how these athletes are are putting a lot on the line but yet they're making millions of dollars and most of the comments that i saw were talking about how how could he be so unhappy he's making so much more money than i am and he knew that his career was going to end early but um you know well i wanted you to speak to the the idea of the his careers ending early because i think we want to get into the greater idea of what separates the pros from like everyday athletes like ourselves and but how do you feel about hearing that from a guy who you may or may not have heard of but i'm sure that that i'm sure that that is relatable for a lot of other nfl players well it's a lot of it is uh a, a lot to be it's a lot to be said about how uh people are are perceived when it when it comes to certain things that they that they do um most of these guys spend their entire lives uh wanting to make it uh want to make it to the pros um obviously and you know when you took look at football brady for instance has played 20 years as a pro right that's not discounting the, the three years of college nor possibly four years of high school and then we added peewee ball at some point you know maybe he's played like you know and as a as an elementary kid or whatever so it's a lot of football a lot a lot of wear and tear it is it is kind of reckless for for a lay person to say to someone hey you made millions of dollars what are you what are you clamoring about? You, you should be good. The violence of a game like football that takes toll on the body and the mind is probably something that we will never understand for someone who's who's been playing for that long. So it's again, I look at these 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 cowboys air quotes that say these things. You know, um, the difference between the pros and college, let's say it's it's a it's a very minute number of people that go on to play professional sports so it's very hard to just make it to the second level that second tier for the most part and it's very it's very um when these guys are that's all they do gladiator sport boxing or football father time says hey you know what matt it's time it's uh, you're not going to be able to do it most football players have an inkling and i love when they share their stories during a hall of fame speech or some interview that we may see years from now that says, you know what? I knew I was done when I couldn't get the ball down 15 yards down the field, you know, or I, I see a guy wide open. I can't hit him because I'm just scared of getting hit at this point. So um, I would never go on a limb to say, hey, these guys, you know, because you made so much money, it comes at a cost and that's the price of it. That's the price of it. Think of that debilitating boxer who cannot spend his millions at, at the age of 40 because he's so beaten down he has the body of an 85 year old mm -hmm. and he just cannot enjoy himself at that point or football players that that end their careers in their in their late to mid-20s and say you know what i want to spend time with my kid and they can't even get out of the car to go to a soccer game because their body's so riddled with injury so it's, it's very for for those people that say that take a look at you know 
whatever you do for a living that you love and you're getting paid really good for and and have someone tell you, you know what you can't do that anymore at all what do you want to do next you've been a analyst for 25 years now that's gone what do you do next are you going to be a pottery maker what are you going to do you know what i'm saying yeah I think the factor of this that isn't taken into consideration is that for the most part, like you and I are not working the jobs that would be considered like a childhood dream, right? We went through college, we're, you know, we're working to make a living because we're, that, that's what we're doing, right? Like a lot of us don't think about the ultimate goal, like being an NFL player is such a high dream. And so few people attain that. And imagine getting to that level and knowing that you have a really finite amount of space in order to do it. Mm -hmm. And it is true, I think, that when your lifelong dream or your childhood dream is over and you're in your 30s, like early 30s, yeah. you have theoretically 70 years left to, to figure out what you're going to do. And like, what are you going to do? Because not every athlete is a is an analyst. Not every athlete becomes a coach. I mean, the amount of people, if you think about it, right, the amount of people that make the pros and then you whittle it down to the amount of those people who become coaches, who become analysts is even far less. Smaller, yeah. So you're talking about being unable to continue down that path. And the question is, what next in your life is going to fulfill that, scratch that itch, if you will, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't think that it's fair for anybody who has a job that is not their childhood dream to say that. Like, I would never say that because I think to myself, if I got pulled away from the job that I'm doing now, I would do something else. All right. There's so many options for what I could yeah. do because I'm not really fulfilling a childhood dream. I'm employed because I want to make a living so that I can do things like the show and, and stuff like that. And I thought that was very interesting. And I also thought that the idea that, well, who is this guy? Why should he say this? And that he wouldn't have any merit just because he's not a star player. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's a bunch of crap. And also, even if you win Super Bowls, how many Hall of Famers have won multiple Super Bowls and they're more miserable than they've ever been? Yeah. Because their yeah. bodies hurt. I mean, look at the lawsuit that the NFL had to deal with with guys from like Mike Dick Cazera. Yeah. And these guys. Imagine. Some of them, yeah, exactly. And it's like the NFL didn't take care of those people because we as a society had no idea what, mm -hmm. what, what all that was about. And now that we know, I think it's just a lot of weekend warriors, keyboard warriors who are saying like, well, I work out on the weekends. And so, hey, I get it. Or I've lost the job. I get it. Yeah. Well, if you lost the job working at Wendy's, it's not nearly the same as like having to step away from your childhood dream because you've aged out at an age in which most people feel young. Like I just turned 38 and I feel young still. Mm -hmm. I feel like I got my whole life ahead of me. And now mm -hmm. these people have to figure out what they're going to do. And that's why you see so many guys retire, come back, have struggle with it. Like, Mm -hmm. Ricky Williams is a perfect example that's, of what that's you the guy that I was going to say. Right? Yep. Yep. That was the guy. How I was many years? Say. How many years did he get flamed for you know basically smoking pot? And now here we are, sort of normalizing it because hey, these players are in pain. And I feel, I don't know. Like I think back on that, and he's sort of the example when I think about this because he spoke to this in a different way. Mm -hmm. a much different way than this guy did right like we thought ricky was off on a bender because he's out in you know wherever he was belize or something like that you know doing his thing and everybody thought he just was like hippie-ish well no he was trying to cope and i don't know if many people who are commenting on this thread would be able to cope the way that a lot of these guys end up doing yeah yeah i mean think about uh the opioids that they that they are shoved you know in their faces 
from trainers and coaches and, and whoever is else in that locker room, you know, locker room buddies says, hey, Matt, you know what, man? I know your shoulder's killing you. Try this stuff. And you're like, now all of a sudden you're hooked on this stuff, you know, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, I remember um, saying to you a couple years back when Kel Brook fought um, in a fight with Triple G and his orbital bone was broken. And, you know, I didn't know that happened at that, at that moment, but I saw that, that the fight was called and I'm like, hey, he's such a pussy. And how dare me say that? Because again, this guy's fighting with a a his broken face, basically. You know, what I'm saying, yeah. who am I to say that? You know, who am I to say, oh well, he's getting millions of dollars for this fight, so why should it matter? But it does matter. You know, Ima you said it earlier in the sh when we first got on. You said that imagine at 25, 26, your career is over. You got in the league at 21, 25. You're hitting 25 now, mm -hmm. and uh, NFL's basically superstructure says to you, hey, Matt, so um, we're going to go in another direction. No other team picks up your options. And all of a sudden, you're a free agent. Then two more years go by. You're out of football. And you're like, what am I going to do now? You know, if you, you know, got a degree, good for you, then you could probably mm -hmm. go work. But then it comes into a, a, a thing where you're like, man, someone's going to spot me on a job. And like, hey, were you in the NFL? Were you making millions yeah. of dollars? And now you're working, you know, probably for a hundred grand. And you're like, wow, you know, I'm being shamed now because I'm not in the NFL. So a lot of those things come into play. And these guys try to live that lifestyle again, you know, at 27, 28, 29 years old, if they didn't take care of their money. And they they try to chase that 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 dragon again. I got I gotta get back on the field. I gotta do this again. And you know, some guys stick around, Frank Gore forever. And then some guys yeah. say, you know, Andrew Luck, hey, you know what? I'm done. I just, I can't do this anymore. My body's not going to hold up. I never, I never, I never blamed Andrew Luck for his decision. I blame the Colts because they could have protected him better. And their excuse of that's his brand of football. The guy, the guy's a warrior. And I'm like, man, you know, well, here's your warrior that could not stand up to the punishment that you guys subjected him to. Yeah. Crazy. And the other part I wonder is how many of these guys their relationships fall because it is all predicated on the fact that they are living this kind of lifestyle and now it's not just the player who has to go back to sort of a civilian lifestyle it's everybody it's the whole family right yeah. like hey i made a few million dollars in my career as a, a backup tight end and now i'm just joe schmo and yeah does my wife see me as joe schmo do my kids see me as Joe Schmo? Like, you know, everybody has to go back on the lamb, so to speak. Like, we can't live this kind of lifestyle where we're buying all of our stuff at all. I mean, look at Evander Holyfield. Yeah. Evander Holyfield was the heavyweight champion of the world, what, two or three times? Multiple times? Yeah. yeah. And even today has not much to say for, you know, to speak for because he spent all of his money right and then well, even the and, and and even so like those people too those heavyweight champs like they're when you're done in boxing they they toss you out yeah right? like yeah, you, are, you are tossed out broken beaten scarred and a lot of times it's broke and they're just like thanks for your service yeah yeah evander's is, is is a is a kind of a crazy case i'll 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 earmark that for a second you remember that player that went to alabama trent richardson yes so he he ended up in the XFL, and there was someone there was someone commenting on how did he end up in the XFL because he's got he you know, he he had a shot with the the Colts and then he had a shot with the Browns, and he revealed that how many people he was taking care of in his family. He was literally one of those guys that got caught up in I got to pay mom's rent, dad's mortgage, cousins' college tuition, 
buy sister a car. Like he got caught up in that. And, you know, he was a fringe guy. He was supposed to go big. And that money went quickly. And he found himself out of football. And he found himself in the XFL making the bare minimum at this point, hoping to get a shot again from some other team. Evander Holyfield is the opposite of that in the fact that, uh, and again, this is my opinion, not Matt's mm-hmm. or the shows. Um, he bought a $52 million mansion. Yeah. Think about think about that for a second. 50, he, he, you know, he, he, I think he grossed about $600 million over the span of his career, but he bought a $52 million mansion. I used to be a real estate agent. Just to take care of a place like that, every year it's probably about three to four million dollars in landscaping and renovating whatever you got to do to the place so that was crazy then he has 15 children by several um several women um he got caught up in several paternity suits um if i'm if i'm if i'm speaking the right in the right way here um and again you know he, he just got bled out he gave a lot of money to the church uh, which is another thing that these athletes come succumb to is that the 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 pots that come in front of them are so vast that they have to kind of like put something in everyone's pocket. And they're the mm-hmm. only one getting off that stool for the next round that they could die in or mm-hmm. that next down that where if my knee gets hit the wrong way here, my career is over. And this is yeah. sad. Absolutely sad. I mean, it is. And I think that you know, the Evander Holyfield situation is probably not that uncommon. And we've talked about how these leagues should be doing a better job of educating a lot of these young kids who are coming in and making a bunch of money because we've talked about how there's a good percentage of players that get drafted in the NFL who are coming from what we call, you know, underprivileged families. And those families are looking for them to make those big bucks because they want to get out of the situations that they're in. And all of a sudden you go from having nothing to being handed a truckload of money at such a young age and nobody's there to tell you, hey, watch out for yourself, you know, make some smart decisions. And I know now the NFL, I think at rookie camp, they do a lot more about that. They bring in a lot of these athletes who I think were on Mm -hmm. that 30 for 30 that was called like broke where they're talking about. Like it was Bernie Kosar, I think was one of them. Yeah, uh, yeah. And they're just flat broke and they're like, make better decisions. But you've even talked about it at a micro level. Uh, you go to family functions and you're getting hit up for money. Yeah. Because you make more than, you know, yeah. people that are in your family. And what you're making is pennies compared to what these guys are all of a sudden coming up upon, right? They're going from mm-hmm. broke, well, you know, theoretically broke college kid to multimillionaire. Yeah. In the span of, you know, signing a contract, like that's it. And then you're right, people are hitting them up. Uh, and you get hit up for just, you know, some cash here or there from, you know, your family. So I can mm-hmm. only imagine what it's like for some of these people. And I also know that I'm sure that there is a toxicity to the familial relationships that develops because all of a sudden now, you know, Trent Richardson is a multimillionaire and mama wants her cut. Yeah. Remember the guy from the And I don't the Ravens? think that's crazy. The yeah. guy from the Ravens on draft night, I, don't, I forgot his name. He said that literally as he was posing for a picture with the commissioner, talking to his agent, his mother and father were like, yeah, we need like a million dollars. He's like, mm-hmm. well, I, I don't even have the money yet. Like that, That's not how it works. I don't just, like they just put it in my account tonight. You know, like that's not how it works. I have to go to camp and I have to earn my bonuses and all of that stuff. And it just speaks to how desperate the situation is for these guys that the pressure is so great that they are providing for. And to your point, eloquently said, 25 years old, okay, master lung of the man. 
Like you're not bringing that kind of money in. I mean, look at um, the guy from the uh, from the Rose Bowl, the uh, famous Rose Bowl, Vince Young. That's yes. one of the most tragic ones. Um, that he signed over power of attorney of his money to his uncle, and his uncle mm-hmm. bled him bled him out basically bled him out. Plus, he made some stupid decisions on business ventures, yeah. and also um, spending I think upwards of five to six thousand dollars a week on Cheesecake Factory, which is which is absolutely insane. Yeah, you know, no no uh, disrespect. To, I like Cheesecake Factory, but not enough to eat it every week for five grand. <laughs> so five um, grand. We, yeah. we need to do we could do a whole episode breaking down an itemized list of what five grand would get you that's actually not a bad idea what what would five grand a week get you at cheesecake factory jesus i i, I don't there's not anything there that i could eat every week it, there's mm-hmm. not i mean that's just me maybe maybe at, let's pick another like restaurant like what would you what would you frequent if you're like a multi-million dollar you know guy and you know listen matt we're gonna be reckless here where would you go reckless oh geez uh that's a good question because I I haven't been out to eat in so damn long. I don't actually either. know where I would go. I mean, at this point, I would take anything, to be honest with you. I mean, if somebody said, here's five grand to go spend at Cheesecake Factory only, I think I'd make it work because it'd be like, especially if I could get the restaurant to myself. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I just, like, I, it blows going. my mind. It blows my mind of, of how that can be done. Now, when it comes to other expenditures, I get it. You know, you buy a Ferrari or whatever it is, you know, that's going to start dwindling the funds a little quickly. But of all the things that he could have really blown money on, that was the one where you're blowing upwards yeah. of 20K a month on Cheesecake Factory. Woo, that was a good one. I don't, I don't know if you remember the Chris Rock stand-up from like 20 years ago where he was talking about OJ and how mm. Nicole wanted like 5 million a month. And he's like, what is she like? I got to have some extra cheese on my Whopper, <laughs> <laughs> right? And that's what it makes me think of 5,000 a week. But I want to ask somewhat of a sensitive question because I think there is 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 something to this. How much of the stories that you hear, because most of them, they're, they're black athletes, right? There are mm-hmm. a lot of that. And how much of the like family stuff where you're getting pulled at left and right has to do with the fact that there's a lot more of these underprivileged kids who are trying to make it in pro sports that are coming from predominantly like black and Hispanic areas as opposed to white guys. Like, mm-hmm. do you think there's something to that? Or do you think it's sort of across the board that any, I mean, obviously any athlete can get fleeced, but do you think it's sort of, there, there is some merit to the idea that the cultural differences between some of these athletes lead, lends itself to these situations where they can get more taken advantage of? Well, that's a great question. So it kind of deals with how the COVID, the COVID problem is right now, um, and in the aspect or the the alignment of multi generational households, right? Most families um, we have in multi generational households. You know, grandmother lives with us, or grandfather lives with us. So you have your mom, your grandfather, and you, right? So. The reason I say that is because like where I come from, the country I come from and, and the society I come from, like you don't put mom or dad into a nursing home until they're absolutely at the point where you cannot provide for them the level of care that they're needed to have quality yeah. of life. So you're used to taking care. So as an example, you're seeing your mom and dad bring in your, you know, your grandparents, 
mm-hmm. and you see your mom and dad bringing a cousin or your mom and dad bringing a a you know bring home a brother that left home to go to the army whatever it comes back so a lot of people are being brought back to these households where everyone's taking care of each other so it takes a village kind of so to speak so you grow mm-hmm. up with this mentality like you know what i'm my drive and determination is to make it to get my family out of the situation in in that aspect now speaking to those athletes do, do not come from that background who already come from you know some money relatively mm-hmm. they go through that because the guilt that other friends put on them like hey so yeah. you're gonna make all that money and not take care of your mom what the fuck's wrong with you and then yeah. you're gonna you know if you're if you're you know if you're empathetic or sympathetic you're like oh wow you know what you know i just bought a ferrari and, and my mom's telling me that you know she's she's three months back on our mortgage. You know, let me take care of mom. Let me just pay mom's mortgage for the rest of the year or whatever it is. Then that ter- that turns into like the superhero, I got to save everybody situation. Next thing you know, your money's dwindling down. I sent out uh, something to your wife, actually. It's a uh, Bill Gates cal- um, calculator. I don't know if she showed it yeah. to you. So uh, No, she didn't. Yeah, she, never, yeah. she never shows me anything. So, okay. <laughs> so uh, I'll, um, I'll send it to you. It's actually pretty cool. So it gives you a 10... I'm sorry, it gives you a hundred billion dollars starting point and it gives you a calculator and a receipt and it gives you all these items that you can buy, anything from yachts to mansions. And it took me 45 minutes spending recklessly just to get to $2.5 billion, right? I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, and I I mean, I'm buying like Apache helicopters and I bought a (laughs) hundred mansions. Yeah, it's absolutely obnoxious. You but it goes to cowboy. Sh- <laughs> yeah, it, sh- it goes to show you the the level of like, you know what? I'm invincible. I got this kind of money. 20 million seems it's a lot of money when we look at it. But then you yeah. start buying stuff. So I, I use it in terms that I can understand. If I spend 100 bucks today to buy gas, right? I fill up my tank. That's about $42 at today's gas rate. That $100 has now been dropped. Now I have 68 bucks left in my pocket. I go have mm-hmm. lunch. Right, lunch. I might splurge a little bit on lunch. Might spend fifteen bucks. Now we're dwindling down. By five o'clock today, that 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 hundred bucks is gone. Yep. So so imagine these guys spending a hundred grand or a million. You know, a million. You know, you buy Ferrari, three hundred k is gone. You have seven hundred k now, and then you go buy some stupid jewelry or whatever. And all of a sudden it's dwindling, dwindling. And like you know what? I got another nineteen million. I'm good. But two years of that. Yeah. constantly yeah you're done you're done it's the same mentality as the lottery winner the lottery yes. winner ends up either well first of all they usually end up dead uh in some fashion or another because somebody finds out who they are or they do something stupid but the, the lottery mentality is that where because there's always that idea and this is way of a tangent off of what we what we were talking about but like what would you do would you take the lump sum or would you take the payments over time and i can't tell you how many people are like i take the payments over time and then i'm like oh those are the people who would spend all their money and be like well when's the next check coming because you only yeah. get like one a year yeah. so i was like no 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 just drop like 100 100 million into my account and i will figure out what to do with it and not have to wait for the next check to come but it is a sad development. Um, but I wanted to to get into something else too that's sort of related to this. We talked last week about a comment that some someone in my family made about why black athletes uh, tend to be better than white athletes. And mm-hmm. the conversation was amusing in many ways, mainly because the argument that this person made was, well, I think it's just it just comes down to heart and, and will. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wait a minute. 
I, I don't understand how, how you could look at two different people with two different genetic makeups and think that it just comes down to pure will. Like, yeah. no, I, I, and I, I just don't believe that that's true. Like, I think it's okay to acknowledge the fact that different people are built differently. Like they get in, mm -hmm. they get, mm -hmm. you inherit what you inherit. Like you can't yeah. do much about that. Yeah. There's a reason why so few people make it to the professional level. And then there's a reason why so few people play at an elite level, right? Like there's the tiers of it, the, the minute uh, percentage of people that make it there is is incredible for a reason. So what do you think about that? Like, and it even speaks to the idea of these multi-generational homes where they're, are they looking at their kids and trying to maximize on yeah. genetics to get them there? Yeah, I, I would say so. So I would say that, you know, when, when, uh, when training starts and I use my dad as an example, my dad used to get us up early in the morning to go running, uh, before school. And I'm like, well, how are we doing this? It's, it's three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. I have to, I have to be to school at eight o'clock. And I'm like, why are we doing this? And he's telling me your opponent already did it and they're back in bed and you're, and you're dicking around out here asking me why we're doing this because he's going to kick your ass next week. And that's that. And I, I grew up with this invisible opponent my whole entire life, not just for sports, but for everything. Everything that I feel like, you know what, I'll do it later. And I think, oh, you know what, Who's whoever I'm a, I'm up against did already. So let me get up and get moving or they're already on it. Let me get up and, and do that. Um, I don't think it's a question of will at all because basically um, anyone in the athletic spirit, um, you run marathons, you know, you've run several marathons right does it make you does it make you less uh inclined to finish than a person from kenya who are you know who are they inherently like they run marathons because they run very long distances and they're good at it but doesn't say yeah. well you know what i'm not getting this race because four kenyans are going to be in this race so i'm not going to run against that because i have no chance of finishing this race or even winning or placing or whatever whatever happens so you know will will is something that um it goes back to what we were saying earlier about you know you know the will to get up for another play you know after yeah. that 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 down the distance has happened or another round when that bell rings and you're hurting you're you're at your absolute like oh my god i'm going to collapse one more round but you have to get up and go i don't think that that's something that we could cast expersions also when it says oh it doesn't have the will to compete now you make a good point about genetics you know um i do believe genetically uh, there, are, there are some people that are built to do certain things, um, but there's always disclaimers. There's always, you know, give a guy a chance and we'll see what happens. Look at Christian McCaffrey, great running back. I mm -hmm. would take him over a lot of guys in the league because, you know, up, up until, you know, this year, I mean, the guy was durable. The guy, the guy had the, the will, he's crafty. He did it. Now it's a position that's not very celebrated for a white athlete. You know what I'm saying? Very but true. again, Very give true. them give them a chance. Same as quarterback. You know, you give Warren Moon a chance. You know, he didn't get the chance that he needed. He he goes to Canada, wins six Grey Cups, comes back to the NFL, and then it guys a stud. So mm -hmm. it doesn't it doesn't come down to the will of the heart. I think it comes down to the opportunity for number one mm -hmm. and number two. Number two inside that person tying into our conversation about about taking care of everybody that you're like you know what if i don't win if i don't place in this race or if i don't place in this in in whatever i'm doing or win this fight then my kids don't eat or i can't pay the mortgage for mom next month or whatever it is so they're gonna be determined to do that a la buster douglas fighting mike tyson 1991 no one gave buster a chance 
right? No one gave Buster a chance. His mother had just died, and he promised his mother he's going to bring home a championship. Add that on top that Mike Tyson took the guy lightly, didn't train for him properly, mm -hmm. but off of just sheer sheer athleticism, Mike was in the fight, and Mike actually could have won the fight with the count. There was a controversial count where Buster got knocked down, and he didn't go to neutral corner. Mike didn't. Mike didn't go to neutral corner, and the count was actually like I think twelve or thirteen. Yeah, it was. where it's he really didn't count. Yeah, so it goes to show you that if you're determined enough by some catalyst, something pushing you to, to go, yes, will. But I, I can't say that's reserved for one particular race of people versus another. That that's kind of to me that's kind of silly to say that. I agree. I agree. I think that will has a lot to do with with what individual people do with their with their opportunities i mean i think brady is a good example of that where you're a six yeah. round pick and most people write off six round picks because they're not going to make do anything of significance and he's one of the greatest athletes we've ever seen at least in terms of winning so there's there's that and i think opportunity timing luck right there's mm -hmm. a lot of things that that fall to luck and chance and i think there's more that happens in our lives that mm -hmm. we don't realize luck and chance have so much to do with when mm -hmm. you get that when you get that job when you you know anything you find that's that a, sale anything like that i don't think we realize example. how yeah but i don't think we realize how much it happens like and i'm a firm believer in things happening for a reason but i think there needs to be something that gets you there like i was not born with the genetic makeup to be a pro level athlete but it doesn't mean that i can't maximize what i do have and i think i've done that right and that's mm -hmm. but that like not everybody has to be a pro athlete but when we were having this discussion uh my wife said well why can't you know do you think my brother would have been an nfl player and this person was like no he's too short and she's like so he doesn't have the genetics to make it is what you're telling me like it's not it's the, the will <laughs> it's the famous sopranos line you never had to make it as a varsity athlete yes Uncle Jim, oh, Uncle god. <laughs> oh, god. classic classic line classic line oh. man. yeah Uncle Jim. i mean and you know who knows right like what if i had uh been pushed to sports because i really wasn't pushed in the way that some people are my parents wanted me to be uh athletic because they wanted me to be with other people be inclusive have that i you know learn those traits of sportsmanship fair play competitiveness mm. because those are th those are applicable in all of our lives like it's not something that just is in sports Mm -hmm. when you're going for promotions when you're at work when shit when you're trying to get the best seat in line at the grocery store all yeah. of those things competitive like you're looking at oh am i next is that you know should i cut this person right things like that mm -hmm. it all comes into play but had i been pushed to be an athlete had my father gotten me up at four o'clock in the morning to go running and train maybe my life would have been different because i developed the will to do the best that i can but who knows i just thought it was interesting but yeah the Okay. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. The the other side of that coin, my childhood was a lot different from yours when it came to sports. Not only because of my dad, but the neighborhood that I lived in. Mm -hmm. When I say competitive, right? Yeah. We so I went to school um largely like most kids in America. Like you go to school with with kids from like elementary, you guys go to the same junior high school, and then eventually you end up in high school with some of the people that you know from your township or whatever. And we all played sports against different schools. You know, we all went to different schools. We played sports. We were friends outside of school, but we also played on like these little neighborhood teams. Like mm -hmm. your your street would have like five guys or six guys that play basketball. They would head down to the local park or the YMCA 
And then my friends will go down and we when we play these games where we don't change the teams. We just come with the crew that you came with and you yeah. played. And that was all year round. That was football. That was baseball. Was sandlot baseball, which is to yep. me the ultimate. That should actually be a college sport. Sandlot baseball versus college baseball. So sandlot baseball is just great. Um, and we just always grew up with that. And those stories are legendary. Like you know how we joke about Al Bundy and Polk High. Oh, four touchdowns mm-hmm. in a game. Every kid, including me, had a game in the neighborhood where you played and you scored seven yeah. TDs. And they're like, holy shit, remember when Cleese scored seven TDs in that, in that game? And I'm like, yeah, you know? And it's just like those things that, you you know, for me, my parents wanted me to play sports, well, my father, really, because of the camaraderie, the band of brothers thing, that kind of, you know, that kind of stuff. And also kept yeah. me out of trouble because I grew up in mm-hmm. a neighborhood that was, you know, you can get involved in a lot of things that you're not supposed to. But if you're heading to practice, you don't have time to stand on the corner with friends. You got to, yeah, I got to get to practice. And I got from practice, I got to get home and do homework. So you're, you're occupied. You cannot deviate from that schedule because if you don't, if you don't get good grades, you can't play on the team. Yeah. That's how it was, you know? Yeah. And I was probably the best athlete in my neighborhood, which that's saying something about the makeup of the neighborhood. So the competitive <laughs> balance in the neighborhood is telling you something where I'm dominating at, you know, all of these sports. But I, I like what I, I agree with you that it is it's regional, uh, it's cultural, but the that is one thing, and this is an aside, we'll get into this another time, but that kids these days are missing is those neighborhood sports uh is the neighborhood camaraderie of getting together to play a pickup game of whatever sport it is now my next door neighbors there's four kids who are all about eighth grade i want to say and they all play basketball together they've started doing that in the pandemic and i actually really enjoy it because that's what i used to do Mm -hmm. but you don't see that very often you don't have I don't know if it's because as a society we have deviated from the idea of our neighbor because everybody could be a crazy person and yeah. so we're less likely to to do that but uh it is nice to see but i mean i still grew up playing with the kids in the neighborhood football baseball hockey i was a rollerblade hockey master in our mm-hmm. neighborhood and we used to do that that was fun it was like if somebody was out shooting hoops it was almost like when yeah. you hear the bell for the ice cream truck everybody yeah. would come running out and then pickup games start I think kids these days miss that. Yeah. I'll give you one better. You, you go into any, and I'm not going to, I guess I got to say it the way it is. You go into any black barbershop in any neighborhood, they're going to be uh, local legends that you hear about. You know, when you hear about, you know who Earl Manigault was? No. Okay. So Earl Manigault, um, Don Cheeto actually played him in his biop. Um, he was a very good basketball player, but he let the streets and everything kind of get to him. He was like Michael Jordan before Michael Jordan. Like he was like that good of a, of a talent in high school, but he never he never peaked beyond high school because of things that, you know, his, his environment got the best of him. So there's always a local legend. You go into a barbershop and, you know, we start talking sports and then we get down to the high schools and then we get down to local legends or even the college um, legends. And then all of a sudden, guys are being brought up from the neighborhood. I'm like, oh, you remember Earl such and such? And you're like, holy shit. Like, yeah, he grew up in this town. Like, and then they're like proud of that because they got to see him only play, you know, in high school, but they also got to see him play in a local park where he was killing guys, you know, a la the Rucker, you know, the Rucker mm-hmm. basketball classic with all the sneaker yeah. battles actually originated yep. from because that, mm-hmm. that stuff is like culture stuff. 
And you would see guys in the NBA dying to get into a Rucker Classic basketball game. You know, I think Kobe got fined like three million dollars for playing um, in a in a in a in a game. He dominated. He dominated. Mm-hmm. But you know, the Lakers didn't like that. They're like, hey, that's asphalt, and we are paying you a hell of a lot of money to be playing basketball. Yeah. But he's like, hey, the neighborhood. Like, I gotta go. I gotta go test this against the neighborhood, because guys that I would not see in the NBA. You know, and he's yeah. crossing. He's crossing guys over that that can drop. You know, 50, 34, and twelve. You know, and it's just crazy. So yeah, local local legend stuff is really what these kids are missing out on. So speaking of legends, I want to trans transition to um, something that hit the news last week, and I'm pretty sure you have seen this photo. This is the ESPN goat photo. Uh, this is on Twitter. Oh, I have they not posted, seen this. Okay, so th- they posted this last week and asked, who is the goat of goats? Uh, Cleve, is there something missing from this photo to you? All right, I just I just, um, I just, just zoomed in on it. And I'm looking. So I see Tyson, Ali, Pac, Jordan, of course, LeBron, Ronaldo. I don't know who the guy is facing Ronaldo. Um, I see Tiger okay. Brady. So is that messy? What it's mis- is that-, that is messy, yes. Okay. So what it's missing is a female. Oh, shit. Right. Yeah. Uh, actually, if you look at Manny Pacquiao's head, right off of his shoulder, that little thing right there is Serena Williams. Jesus, this is so bad. So... Uh, you know who Simone Biles is. She yeah, is the, yeah. Uh, yeah. So she she is probably considered a goat in the gymnastics world at her, at her age. Uh, she clapped back at it and named off a bunch of female athletes who have made a huge Dominique, impact. Dominique right? Dawes, uh, Flojo. I mean, I could name yeah, 10. tons, tons. <laughs> so I wanted to bring that up because we talked about Tom, who's on that photo, when we talked about local legends. Um, do you think? that they're i mean and, and i know that we talk about owning what you say so i don't want to get you in trouble here but i, it, I mm. when i see that there's no females on there i did an episode on legacy right mahomes brady and i said i i talked about i used serena as an example of these uh, at the pinnacle of their sport the biggest winners right like you think mm-hmm. of gretzky jerry rice you know babe ruth guys like that and Serena, to me, is a consummate winner and professional. And so she should be considered in this conversation. Do you think it's a huge misstep by ESPN for, for doing that? Or do you think that there has to be a distinction between no. men and women in that regard? Abs- I absolutely 100% believe that ESPN, um, shame on you guys for putting that up like that. And, and the exclusion that you that you have. And, and then whatever inclusion that you have, that little minute shot that you highlighted for me. This is th- yeah. this is actually why ESPN is kind of where it's been going because I don't know who vetted that photo before it even got out. That's they, that's actually really 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 fucking stupid. So um, when it comes down to and I said this to uh, someone before, I was training a, a young athlete and um, it was male and a female. I think they were brother and sister or something like that. And we're asking um, who who is greater, like who's the greatest athlete you think you've ever seen? And you know they're giving us like you know LeBron and such and such. Mm-hmm. And the young lady said Serena Williams, and her brother was like, "No way, she's better than LeBron." I was like, "Actually, she is." Like the amount of championships doesn't compare. Obviously, it's two different sports. But I said um, to return a serve at 70, 80, 90 miles per hour 
running and then covering the, the amount of ground that you have to cover in a short distance of time. And she also played pregnant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, LeBron can't play pregnant, but I want to see that, you know, that she is, she is um, arguably one of the, if not the most um, physically gifted athletes I've ever seen in any sport. And yeah. you're right. She should have been front and center in that picture, like over Mike's shoulder or somewhere, somewhere to that, because, um, in all of that, um, there's no separation that, oh, well, f- in female sports, you're the GOAT, but in male sports, you're not even mentioned. That's such a fucking bad optic. Like, I can't believe they put that up there, dude. I agree. And I've talked about this on numerous occasions with people that I agree that, like, say, for instance, women shouldn't play in the NFL because the genetic differences, it's dangerous. Yeah, the violence is... they shouldn't. It's not because they shouldn't play football. It's because the violence and the differences in like body makeup it would be dangerous to do that but i don't like if you had like i so here's a great example and this is a coach but like gino oriema he's the coach of the yukon women's basketball has been for years he has like the most wins ever right and does that (laughs) does that it does it discredit his his winning because he coached a women's basketball team i don't think so at all like i think that is it in any in any case they get less resources than the men do and so he's able to build an empire and it doesn't matter right like the games are you watch the game of basketball and watching women's basketball does look aesthetically different than watching the nba but it's Mm -hmm. the same game yeah like like lisa leslie plays the same game that lebron james does and great is great no matter what it looks like or no matter what it its gender is and I, i i found that picture to just be so tone deaf which is so fascinating because they went through such a, a period where they were trying to be so inclusive in their hiring. And yet the goat photo comes out and Serena's picture is like, you can't even, Dude, you don't even yeah. know it's her. Like I had to, yeah. I, I had to look it up to find out that she was on that. Wow. And you know what, man, the fact that, the fact that this didn't get a lot of traction, you know, um, cause like, I didn't even know that photo was up. Like that, that was news to me. Um, it says a lot about how society still is, man. We're st- we're in 2021, and a lot of things are still the way they are for some odd reason. And I'm like, I don't I don't know how to get past certain things. You know, when to anyone who wants to argue, oh, you know, women shouldn't play professional football with men. I agree with Matt when the, when it comes to the, the size, different things of that nature. It's the same of asking an 18 year old kid coming out of high school to play mm-hmm. in the NFL. It's not going to yeah. happen. It's not going to happen. Those, there's a reason <laughs> yeah. that rule exists. Yeah, it's and not going to happen. When asked, I was like, I, I told my wife, would you want our, like, think about yourself at 18 and going into the NFL where these guys are in their physical peak and they've had years of conditioning and training, right? Like, imagine an 18-year-old kid getting hit by James Harrison in his prime. Yeah. Or Javon That's Curse. dangerous. Or Reggie it's dangerous. <laughs> but the idea that men and women are differentiated in their greatness is is not true. And I, I think that this photo does embody much of what we're missing in society, like you said. Mm. It's like, we're still not there yet. And it pains me because it's like, it's 2021. We're on a Zoom call doing a podcast just because we ha- can. And yet we can't get that right. Like, yes. what is it about that? And it's just it, it sucks but but it's a perfect segue to our ending segment which is cowboy of the week so <laughs> uh cleave as always since this is your 
uh, your baby, the cowboy of the week is your baby. Uh, why don't you go ahead and hit me with your cowboy of the week? All right, my cowboy of the week. That's right, Ted Cruz, the senator oh, from nice. our state of Texas. What a, you know what? I um, I just can't believe some of the mitigated gall that some of these guys have, and this is. This is not geared towards Republicans. There's also Democrats because Nancy Pelosi went and got her hair done in the midst of a pandemic after telling everyone do not go out and she got caught at a hairdresser's. Didn't no she mask. get fooled? Wasn't, wasn't that a Trump? Didn't she blame it on like the Trump <laughs> yeah. administration or something? You know, and I'm like, you know what? She could have easily got the person to come to her house and got her hair done and would have been fine. None the wiser. So Ted Cruz, yes. So you get spotted on an airplane Towing luggage and your family. I get it. You want to take your family out of the cold. But what about the 3 million people that are your constituents that are voted, that voted you in to have a voice for them? People say, oh, what could he have done? Da, 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 da. I said, well, what he could have done is been on the front lines trying to get other states and the federal government to send help. Not yeah. from Cancun or where Cabo, wherever the hell he was going, but could have, you could have sent the rally and cry like, listen, you know what? Honey, take the kids out. I get it. They're freezing, whatever, but I'm going to stay. I have I, the optics of this is going to be bad. If you see me, then he flies back and says, oh, I immediately got on a plane and just said, oh my God, this doesn't look good. Oh, really? Really? Okay. So yeah, Ted Cruz, you are my cowboy of the week. There you go. And that one's, there you go, Cleve. That one's for you. <laughs> he sent that postcard directly <laughs> to you. Uh, <laughs> so... Yeah, it's funny because I, too, was thinking about Ted Cruz, but then I thought to myself, that's too easy. It's too easy. So I don't know if you saw this, but um, Cam Newton recently made some headlines. Uh, no, I did not. Via, via an interaction that he had, I believe it was at his football camp. As you know, he does a football camp. I think a lot of athletes do this, but he, mm -hmm. did, he did a football camp recently. So, and we'll get into this, why this is funny. But one of the kids on the team... Uh, had some things to say to to camp. Oh and, wow! Uh, why don't we go? Why don't we go ahead and check that out? Give me some volume there. Unfortunately, I can't hear it, so you're gonna have to you're gonna have to like read it read it back to me. Okay. So uh, did you did you get to that? I, well, I just saw the images, but I, I, there was no audio, so you just oh, gonna have to just tell me what it is. Yeah, I'm tell me what sorry. he said. So I'm sorry. So because I can hear, I thought you could hear it anyway. Yeah. So um, this kid clapped back, and he was saying to Cam how he's washed, he's a bum, and he kept Ooh. saying you're a free agent, and Cam was like, I'm rich. I'm rich. Oh, and, man. And hold on, hold on. So then the kid's like, you a free agent. And then Cam's like, let me talk to your dad. Like, let me talk to your dad. And um, so it, it ended up being another thing where he was like, hey, look, let me come to your game. Uh, you know, your last game. Like, how, how did you do? And I guess the kid was like, oh, we lost. And so Cam handled it really well. But the reason I picked this is because, and I'm sorry you couldn't hear it. I thought it would work. Yeah, yeah. I could hear it on my end. But yeah, um, he, so... I grew up not talking to adults that way. Okay. Like I, I was taught Same not here. to talk to. I was taught not to talk to adults that way. So my cowboy is actually not Cam; it's the kid. Mm. For being at a, you know, having a pro athlete at your camp 
taking the time during a pandemic to come out there and and do this and then you're telling him he's a bum and telling him he's a wow. free agent and that he stinks and then you you get real quiet when he starts asking you about your talent and how your team is doing and i just i just did not grow up that way and a lot of people like cam is so arrogant he shouldn't have given the kid any attention and i'm like that's i don't believe that because you shouldn't you the kids today should have more respect for for adults and i think yeah I, I, so yeah. that's why I picked that kid. I'm sorry you couldn't hear it. Um, no, I, that, I, I that, mean I'm gonna, I'm gonna look it up later. But yeah, I mean yes. I I agree. Like I, you know I, to this day I'm 47 years old. If if I meet someone until they say call me, call me Mike. I'm like hey Mr. S you know whatever your name is like I, or yeah. Mrs. Such and Such. I don't call someone out. You know that's older than me. It just that's how I was raised. It, I wouldn't do that. And again for a pro athlete to come to your town or you fly out to them or however this was arranged that you had the funds to go to these camps because some of these camps are expensive and some of them mm -hmm. are you know or not and it's the lottery thing that you get to go to these camps but yeah you're privileged enough to have a an accomplished quarterback that went to a super bowl um whether you agree that he's washed or not that's not a conversation to be having in front of other people like that that's so i i agree that that kid's a cowboy kid's a fucking yeah. cowboy I agree. So the audio should show up in the clip. So um, the listeners hopefully should be able to hear it. But uh, go look it up because it just made me laugh. Uh, there were a few other mentions. There were a few other honorable mentions for me. I think Urban Meyer just gets cowboy of the decade. Uh, we'll just give that to him. Uh, and I, I, yeah. So I, that was too easy. Ted Cruz was on the list. Uh, another one that was really funny to me that's not that was an honorable mention was uh, Trump writing the letter about Mitch McConnell this week, throwing him under the bus. I was like, <laughs> and we're still talking about this guy. Like, yeah, what the hell? It's it's staying, trying to stay trying to stay relevant as much like you're clinging to relevancy because, again, Twitter has been so much, so much better. Not yes, perfect, has. but it has been better because we have a normal president that does, does not have the time to do these things. So, yes. Yeah, so, I, yeah, know, I know. I <laughs> know. So, yeah, it's so, know, yeah. So, Cowboys, you know, the Cowboy of the Decade, I do agree, Urban, you know, and hopefully we'll have a something to say about that in the offseason on political football or something like that. But, you know, just to, just to kind of touch on, touch on the tone deafness of sports now, that was probably the most craziest thing i ever seen in the time slot that they you know this that the guy was fired from his job and showed yeah. up on a on a on a um staffing thing so i'm like you know what uh the nfl you know again we look for them for the product of the sports and i think that we're looking for them to also be a barometer of like hey guys you know we got a lot of issues right now this is not a good look i think you need to rethink this higher we can't tell you that don't hire the guy, but I'm like, this is whatever heat comes off of this, it's going to be deflected your way. You guys, the, the shield is not going to take this. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars and your coach will take this heat. And I think that's what yeah. happened. The heat, the oven was too hot for these guys. And the guys, you know what? Urban's like, you know what? You, I can't, I can't bring you on. It's too hot. I don't even, I mean, this is another episode, so I'm not even going to get into it because uh, you can anybody who's listening can hear that I'm just so like over all of that. And if you want to hear my real thoughts on it, you can go check out my show because I railed on him last Friday. Um, and I don't really rail on a lot of guys like you. You told me that I I I'm a professional to the highest order generally when I even when I'm dressing somebody down. But 
that's been incident after incident after incident that just quite frankly pisses me off like i'm so over it and it just goes to show you anybody who's listening if you made fun of us last week because of the cowboy thing you are going to realize very very quickly that you are surrounded by cowboys (laughs) it's just the way that the world is and the more we can help you recognize it the more you can avoid them and maybe take shots at them or do something because it's unbelievable how many people will go to lengths to do that like to to get the things that they want and at the expense of being a good person it's just it's frustrating and i'm gonna tell you like the kid story was funny because that is definitely a cowboy move what he did but there's no way that ted cruz doesn't take the award this week i mean yeah no way absolutely and especially when the text (laughs) messages come out to his wife right all this other stuff and yeah Yeah. could you imagine could you imagine and that that speaks to the circle of people that are around you that they leaked that that you have any and because i'm you know matt you know me i'm i don't care what someone says behind closed doors in a personal conversation is not it's not right to air that stuff out if they're having a personal thing and i always feel indifferent about that people say well People may say racist things. I'm like, but they're having a moment that that's off. Like they're doing something that's different. And they're like, oh, so you don't care. I said, not that I don't care, but I'm like, if I'm going to out someone, it has to be like, hey, listen, I'm recording this and you're going to get outed versus I just out out someone and be like, oh, here you go. So yeah. So Ted, don't invite the neighbors to go because <laughs> when they're looking for a story that they're paying for, they're going to be like, hey, can I anonymously give this to you for a hundred grand? And it, and it goes out and it goes out. My honorable mention, and I, I, I didn't know how to bring it to you was Rush Limbaugh. Although, you oh, know, he, yeah. passed, he, he passed away and I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I think why I didn't pick him is because he, he had passed away. But um, yeah. he was, he was my, if we had the, we had a Cabo of the Decade, he's in the runnings for Cabo of the Decade. So, I mean, that's, you know. Yeah. I mean, he's on, he's probably getting close to the Mount Rushmore of Cowboys, especially yeah. with how he turned on just, as actually before we head out there's just a lot of these those conservative pundits who really i don't know if it's for ratings or what but they really embrace the the trump uh era idea of being a conservative to the point that it it just they they lost who they were and you know ted cruz will fly to mexico to get out of the cold and leave his people literally in the cold but yet he'll he'll say that ah the insurrection wasn't that big of a deal (laughs) <laughs> right like it's just the 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 amount of of disassociation these people can make and the thing that ted if you're listening which you're not but if you are listening you have to you have to remember there's no honor among thieves so you have to remember that these people will dime you out faster than what was the guy what was the rapper uh oh takashi 69 yeah <laughs> Yeah. yeah so you got to be careful but before we get out um i just want to remind everybody that um you can find our show and other shows on our platform that we're on and that is uh our maddie ice media webpage. um you know if you haven't visited there definitely check it out here you can find um all of the shows that we have including mine and obviously cleaves right the manual that's a big one uh, but others. So definitely check it out because all of the new episodes that we post on any of these shows are going to be here. So I just wanted to highlight that. Um, check us out on Instagram. We're at Cowboy Season Podcast, I believe. And uh, eventually we'll open up the the email world. But I don't know. People seem to be going away from email. Apparently you're old if you use email now. Yeah. So um, that's how it is. So 
uh cleave any parting thoughts uh no it's just been a it's been a great week um we are you know bear with us guys we we rebranded the show and we are testing out a few new things and we're trying to bring you guys the best content that we can so just bear with us to our growing pains uh it won't always be like this but um we we appreciate you guys every week giving us the time and the oxygen to just you know shoot the shit with you yeah i agree last week was fun the technical difficulties were what they were but the the content was on point and that's really what we're looking to hone here we'll get the we'll get the technical shit taken care of but uh, yeah this is great stuff man um you know the the world is full of topics full of content and, oh yeah uh, i'm glad i'm glad that i was able to bring i'm glad you hadn't seen some of it because that goat picture um oh no nah, that's so. that's the beauty that's the beauty of it too because you know it it just uh it just shows you know how you know we are projecting things you know same with i think it was curry that had the shoe and a, a young female was like hey this is not even made for someone like me and curry yeah. had to go back to the shoemaker and be like hey he, you guys didn't know this like i'm re i'm representing it that's not my job to say hey did you make a female component or this is how does this work but yeah, yeah we we are in a society now where men and women play sports <laughs> and yeah. you have to make you have to make things equal you know and in my last thing so i play a lot of 2k and nba live and to to um sorry nba live started making before their last game ended their franchise they started making the WNBA component inside of the inside of the game and I, I play yeah. franchises with side and it's a lot of fun it's a yeah. lot of fun to play you know these female teams and stuff like that so yeah ESPN you should actually be the cowboy of the week you guys because that was really really fucking stupid um your marketing department I'm like man like you guys did not vet that or get consensus says, hey 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 Let's not put that one up. <laughs> we got to redo that. I'm sure that they will find some way to recreate their their tone deafness in some way. So we'll figure it out. But uh, this was really fun. Um, so listeners, thank you for giving us your attention and working with us through all the changes. Um, we'll see you down the road, folks. <laughs>